and welcome to Day 21 of the LifeSpring White Christmas Show for 2008. I'm Steve Webb, your host. It's Sunday again, so both James and I will be hosting the show. So, how are your Christmas preparations going, James? They're going really well, thank you, Steve. Most of my wrapping is done, and I'm getting very excited. And you know, this year is a record year for the numbers to whychristmas.com, so if you haven't been over there, why don't you add yourself to the number and find out all about Christmas? Well, since today is the last Sunday before Christmas and the fourth and final Sunday in Advent, I guess we'll be finding out more about the Christmas story. So James, what's up today? Today we're going to hear about the presents that Jesus received as a baby and the people that gave them to him, the wise men or magi. Their story is told in the book of Matthew, chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the temple's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they, the wise men, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when they heard that Archelaus was raiding in Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. That's quite a story. A long journey, meetings in a royal palace, and finally finding the king they were looking for, but not where they thought they'd find him, and then a secret return home. I guess most people probably picture the wise men along with the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, and of course the baby Jesus all in the stable scene. But in fact, the wise men and the shepherd would probably never have met. 
The wise men traveled to find Jesus when he was actually aged one or two. By this time, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus had settled in Bethlehem and lived in a normal house. But who were these wise men, and why did they travel great distances to see a baby? Can you tell us more, James? Well, yes. The wise men would have come from somewhere in the area which is now made up of Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, or Yemen, which was then known as Persia, Arabia, and Sheba. And they were indeed very wise men. They were also sometimes called the Magi. The word Magi comes from the Greek word Magos, which is also where we get the English word magic from. Magos itself comes from the older Persian word Magaputi, and that was given the title given to priests in a sect of the ancient Persian religions such as Zoroastrianism. Today we'd call them astrologers or even scientists. Back then, astronomy and astrology were part of the overall same studies and went hand in hand with each other, and the Magi would have followed the patterns of the stars religiously. They would have also probably been very rich and held in high esteem in their own society and by people who weren't from their country or religion. And you know, although they're often also called the three kings, the Bible doesn't actually say anything about the numbers of the wise men or that they were kings. At the time that Jesus was born, the kings of Yemen were Jews, so over the years people might have thought that they were these kings. The wise men became three in number because they brought three gifts with them to present to Jesus, hence presents. So we don't actually know how many wise men traveled to find Jesus, the new king, but with all their servants and entourage, there were certainly more than three people sitting on camels. Studying the stars, the wise men had seen a new and very unusual star in their studies, and the religion told them that it was the birth of a special king. Even now, no one's really sure what that star was. Many professionals and amateurs alike have tried to come up with explanations, and these include supernovas, that's when stars explode, comets going across the sky, conjunctions, that's when two or more planets come together in the sky, or something that was completely supernatural. Personally, I think it could well have been a series of conjunctions. During 7 BC, there were separate conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn in the constellation of Pisces, both looking east and west from Arabia. The coming together of Pisces, Jupiter and Saturn had a special meaning in ancient astronomy and astrology. As Pisces was the sign of Israel and kings, Jupiter was the planet of kings, and Saturn represented new beginnings. So a new star, or what looked like a new star, appearing in Pisces meant that there was to be a new king in Israel, who also might be the start of a new empire. Astrology was not widely practiced by Jews during that time, but it was practiced by a few Jews and many Arabs, such as those around the area of Yemen. As well as the triple conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in 7 BC, there were also a conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn and Mars in 6 BC, and Jupiter and Venus in 3 BC. And there were also comets in 5 BC and 4 BC, and a supernova in 5 BC. So I guess all or none of these might have been or contributed to the star of Bethlehem. We just don't really know. But there certainly was a huge amount of amazing activity in the sky over Israel at the time, and I'm certain that God could have arranged all that excitement in the sky since the dawn of creation to announce the birth of His Son. If you'd like to try finding these conjunctions for yourself, you can download an excellent free astronomy and planetarium piece of software at stellarium.org. And of course, I'll have the link to that on the show notes page at lifespringwhitechristmas.com. So the wise men headed to the royal palace in Jerusalem to honor the new king and bring him gifts. But they didn't quite find what they were looking for. When Herod asked the wise men to find Jesus and tell him where he was, it was for his own reasons. He didn't want to go and worship him. He really wanted to kill him as Herod thought that Jesus sounded like a new king that would come and take his power away. 
The gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus might seem like strange things to give to a baby, but Christians believe that they had the following meanings. Gold is associated with kings, and Christians believe that Jesus is the king of kings. Frankincense is sometimes used in worship in churches and showed that people would worship Jesus. And myrrh is a perfume that is put on dead bodies to make them smell nice and showed that Jesus would suffer and die. Frankincense and myrrh are both resins from trees and have some antiseptic and healing properties and are still being investigated by medical researchers today. The gifts are also all things that come from the east of Israel in Arabia. When the wise men were about to go back to tell Herod where Jesus was, they were warned by God in a dream not to go, so they traveled home by a different route. Because Herod didn't find out the location of this new king, he decided that the only sure way to kill him was to kill every baby boy under two years old in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. There is proof in historical records that Herod actually had baby boys killed in 4 BC. And it is thought that Jesus was actually born between 5 and 7 BC, so we are in the ballpark. Probably only about 20 babies would have been killed, but even to consider such a slaughter shows what a megalomaniac Herod was. But this sad event also fulfilled another prophecy in the Bible about children being killed in Israel. But God warned Joseph in a dream, so he escaped to Egypt with Mary and Jesus. So as a baby, Jesus was a refugee and an asylum seeker. You don't often hear about that when people talk about Jesus. The presents that were given to Jesus were highly valuable, and they still are, and it's thought that they could have paid for the escape into Egypt. Herod was very old and ill at the time when he ordered the babies to be killed. He suffered from an extreme case of delusional paranoia and killed anyone who posed even the slightest threat. Shortly before he died, Herod ordered all of Israel's rich and powerful people to be shut in the Great Hall of Jerusalem. He then gave orders to his sister to have all of the royal court killed after he had died, so none of them could become king after him. Five days before Herod died, he ordered the death of his eldest remaining sons, who would have become kings after him, and named his son Archelaus as the next king. And if you thought Herod sounded like a bad king, Archelaus was much worse. So when Joseph, Mary and Jesus returned from Egypt, they went back to live in the hometown of Nazareth, rather than returning to Bethlehem. Nazareth had a different ruler to Bethlehem because it was in the kingdom of Galilee, not Judea. Over the years, especially during the Middle Ages, many different stories and legends were told of the three kings, and they were given names, and this is how they're often described. Gaspar, the king of Sheba, which is modern-day Yemen, and then was populated by Ethiopian Jews, has brown hair and a brown beard, or sometimes no beard. He wears a green cloak and a gold crown with green jewels in it. Gaspar represents the frankincense brought to Jesus. Melchior, the king of Arabia, has long white hair and a white beard and wears a gold cloak. Melchior represents the gold brought to Jesus. And Balthazar, the king of Tarsish and Egypt, has black skin and a black beard, or sometimes no beard, and wears a purple cloak. Balthazar represents the gift of myrrh that was brought to Jesus. So when you open your presents in a few days, remember those first gifts that were given to Jesus, and that God gave us his son as the most special present of all at that very first Christmas. Christmas is almost here. Make sure you listen to the LifeSpring Why Christmas Show in the next few days so you're ready to wish people a Merry Christmas in even more languages. Thanks for joining us today. For James Cooper of whychristmas.com, I'm Steve Webb. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.